peace to whoever that emergency involves in Jesus name amen praise God so today we're going to talk about uh, the fact that God's will is only good amen God's will is only good and uh, uh, it's good to realize that because um, he Jesus came to the earth to bring goodwill and and uh and, and it's it's important to understand why God <coughs> talked about it in that way. Uh, we know that from the fall of man, uh, man was changed. His insides uh, were changed. His soul was actually changed. His spirit uh, went into a dormant state, I would say. His spirit was, was not as active uh, because God didn't want it that way. If you think about the fact that the enemy had infected man with iniquity it's like having a disease running through your body and sin definitely is a disease because the manifestation of it often is disease so the root of it is unclean and the root of it is unjust and the root of it is sinful and so God had to do something because man was was infected with this sin and it increased as we interacted with one another God looked down one day and he said he looked at man and saw his deeds were evil continually uh, so that it, it proved out that what the devil had done was destructive to man. Man could not help himself even if he went about to try and do good evil was there you see and so it became a real problem so much so that God destroyed all the living creatures on the earth except for one man and his family and so God was willing to start all over again but he started all over again with one righteous seed and he uh, decided to protect that seed throughout the history of man so we see from Noah uh, then came the, the 12 children of Israel and God called out a people through their father Abraham uh, and these people were called out to follow God. They weren't called out because they within themselves were anybody special but they were called out to follow God and so God had to develop a relationship with the people consistently so there would be evidence and record of who God was and what his intentions toward man were when you are evil within yourself to you everything's evil and so God had to come and devise a plan to change that so that man now could have a capacity to anticipate good because man's deeds were evil continually all he expected was was to to do do selfish things uh you know when when God says his will is good he comes to re-inoculate man with his good will. When man's will without God is evil continually, there has to come something to break that up and cause that to change. And so God then begins to develop a relationship of good will toward men beginning with his servant Abraham who followed God. From Abraham developed the 12 tribes of Israel 
One of those was the tribe of Judah through which the Savior Jesus Christ came. And this was the promised seed of the woman that was promised in Genesis 3. When God told the man and the woman he was not going to leave them in that condition forever. The way he ensured that, you remember when he closed, when the angels guarded the gate uh, to Eden and because the tree of life was there, had man eaten of the tree of life in his fallen state, we would have been evil forever. So God shut that off from us and invites us into eternal life his way uh, in, in, by offering us goodwill. And so God sees that man's will is evil continually and God said, well, I want to offer you goodwill. He said, I want you to have a will to do good just like I have a will to do good. I don't want you to destroy yourself. I don't want you to to go to hell. I don't want you to be condemned eternally. So when we talk about things like uh, who can be saved or whether everybody can be saved because nobody is condemned eternally. Why? Because the access to the tree of life for eternal damnation has been closed. So everybody can be saved. You can preach to anybody. You can share Christ with anybody. There's no people that God puts here and say, well, don't witness to them because there's no hope for them. There's hope for everybody. And so that is the good news. The good news is that you don't have to die in your sin. You don't have to be separated from good eternally. You don't have to. The Bible says in hell there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's there's a, a lake of fire and, and brimstone that burns continually there's torment continually so we don't want people to be condemned to that and they don't have to be they can receive eternal life and goodwill from God and so God decides then to to change man's will change your ability now people say well man has free will that's true to a degree but how free is your will when the devil's involved and you take drugs and you can't stop how free is your will just by itself? See, if you don't have the mercy of God in your life and get some level of divine intervention, you will be left like that. So your will can get locked into something evil that it can't get rid of because the devil likes to overtake man's will. He thinks nothing of making a, a, a puppet out of us and a slave out of us to what he wants uh, us to do. And so God then has to devise a plan. As a faithful creator, he must devise a plan to give man a good will. Not so much a free will, but a good will. God knows how to unlock the will of man. He does. He does that by teaching us, by giving us understanding, by enlightening us. That's what unlocks your will to to be free, at least free to choose God and not just be a slave to the devil all the time. That's why we pray for people who are in bondage. That's why we pray for people who are sick. That's why we pray for people who don't know God. Is is that we know that God has a way to uh, enlighten people and unlock their will from being so connected to the enemy. The anointing destroys every yoke. Amen. And so God provides his anointing or his power to unlock our evil will and make us people of goodwill. Man means 
means bad for each other continually. Trust me. That's why the Bible tells us not to put our trust in man. Because you don't know what they're going to wake up tomorrow wanting to do. You don't know what you're going to wake up tomorrow wanting to do. And so we have to, to understand that God has provided a means to bring man back to goodwill. Because God's will is only good. It's good all the time. So Jesus symbolizes God's will toward all men. Why? Because he's the forgiver. He's the reconciler. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so that's how goodwill comes toward men. It must come in the person of Jesus Christ. Anything other than Jesus is just a bad substitute for goodness. You know, there's so many religions out here, you know, and people think, most people think, well, it's going to, I'm going to be a good person if I, I pray to Buddha, or I'll be a good person if I pray to Muhammad, or believe, or read the Koran, or read the this, or read the that. They're all looking to be good based on what they do. Well, they don't understand that Jesus is good. And when he comes to you, he sets up housekeeping in your little tent. Sign number one that he's good is that he wants to live in you. Who have been nothing but naughty all year. Some of us have a 20, 30 year history of nothing but naughtiness. huh? We're naughty by nature. Amen. We're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And so when we understand that, we understand that only a God who means us good can save us. God does not mean anybody evil. I know many times when people are under conviction, they feel like God's out to get them. Or they feel like if they go to God, it's only going to be bad news. But it's good news. And it, it because why? Because God is good. And his will toward us is good all the time. So goodwill means that God is willing to fulfill all promises that he made to the earth. He says, I'm going to make good on my promises. I'm going to do you good all the days of your life. Jesus came to save men from their sin. Which is sickness, death, and poverty. And why isn't that good to everybody? You know? He came to reconcile man to God. Which means you owe a debt to God. He came to pay it for you. That's how you reconcile things. And reconciliation has to do with clearing up your debts more than anything else. You know, we we talk about reconciliation. We think about being friends with people, but what what keeps you from being friends with people? It's sin, debt, fear. You can't trust people. Don't know if you can trust people. Uh, you know, you don't let them into your heart. Uh, you, you keep them at a distance. You don't try to love them. I don't try to mean well toward them. And we're mostly trying to protect ourselves from one another, you know, at least in some way. You know, you can walk walk for uh, years or miles with a person in harmony and then all of a sudden they say something that rubs you the wrong way or, you know, and you start distancing yourself again. Well, God never intended for us. You won't get anywhere living like that. And God saw that and he saw I'm going to make a way for them to trust one another in me trust one another 
in by trusting in me and understanding that I can make all of these things right. He also called, came to rec- he came to reconcile man to God, which means to pay the debt of sin that was owed. So that you can have fellowship with God now. You can't have fellowship with people. Here he has somebody that owes you something and it just won't leave your mind. You understand what I'm saying? It's like they never did pay me my so-and-so. They never did give me such and such or whatever. Uh, You know Jesus came to take that away from the relationship that we have with God and he also came to reconcile man to man he came to reconcile us to God first then to one another our problem sometimes we try to work at the reverse or we don't think of our reconciliation to God as being the door that opens for reconciliation to man but let me ask you this if if somebody offends you if you didn't have God's ability to forgive, you wouldn't be able to be friends with them. Be the same old, same old, over and over and over again. So we must be reconciled to God first. Have his love and his forgiveness and his peace on the inside of us. And then we're able to share that with others. So the reconciliation goes horizontal and vertical. Reconcile to God first. Get your instructions from him on how to to live with others and how to treat others and how to uh you know I, I it's it's wonderful to trust God like that God what can I do for them to show them your love what can I do to how do I work with a person that has offended me and I you know I've already forgiven them but you know they don't speak they don't write they don't get in touch this you know is there more that I can do Lord what do I do and then don't make it a project where you lose sleep and can't sleep until you go do something now just take care of it as God leads you and oftentimes uh, I found that God has to uh, prepare a person's heart for reconciling with an individual I, I know that happens a lot and people uh, if they're having a strange marriage or something like that and they're wondering when when are we going to get back when is God going to do this God's got work on people you know to to soften their heart uh, toward you and toward one another they want a softened heart he wants to soften their hearts toward him first because without a relationship with God they can you can try to work with them all you want but it may not work very well and so we have to allow God to intervene and give God time to work these things out look how long it took for Jesus to come to the earth it took all that time for God to prepare the nation of Israel and then the world for the coming of the Messiah and uh, his own did not receive him folks they had been prepared for over 3,000 years and did not receive the Lord you got me and so God God though will will do everything that he can to get people reconciled to him and then to one another in Luke 2 verse 11 we see the proclamation of Jesus' birth uh, let me see 2 11 let's see if that's the one I want Yeah. In verse 8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest peace on earth uh, and, uh, and peace to those whom his favor rests. And so the favor of God can rest on anybody he chooses. We don't see that these shepherds were, were uh, anybody special. They just have to be, happen to be awake. You see what I'm saying? Uh, is it a good thing they wasn't nodding out or they'd have missed the whole show? And so God has to come to somebody who is at least able to receive what he's saying and able to receive the message. It's thought maybe perhaps that he went to shepherds because they travel a lot. You know, when they're, when they're herding their sheep and gathering their sheep and taking it. So the message could go far and wide by somebody who had maybe, uh, Uh, a a traveling type of a job but at any rate God was able to reveal himself to someone on earth Uh, so he began to proclaim and this is God's message to everybody all the time is peace first of all with God and goodwill peace and goodwill in other words God is saying don't be afraid of him you're not you're not in trouble anymore uh, reconcilia- reconciliation has come. Truth has come. Your answers have come. Help has come. And so when peace comes to man, he proclaims peace to man because finally uh, you can lay your burden down and you can expect good. When you're not expecting good, you're not peaceful. You're on the, on the alert. You're on the defense. You're wondering what you need to do next. You're wondering what's going to happen bad. But when God shows up with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's to bring, uh, you know, this is the end of conflict between God and man. This is the end of it. I looked down at man and saw he was evil and sinful for continually. And I knew I had to do something. So I'll do what I promised to do. I'll send my son to take care of everything that you need to have taken care of. So the angel proclaims here and in Matthew 2 you see the uh, uh, um, proclamation of the angel uh, for for peace on earth the same thing goodwill toward men is not threatening anybody not telling anybody uh, you know what's what's wrong um, so you have the shepherds being informed and then you also have uh, some wise men being informed so this isn't like the mafia wise guys these are different wise men they it appears that they are astrologers but uh they they seem to be astrologers that have a special skill uh their skill is in 
analyzing not just the the heavenlies and the the alignment of different stars and and regarding time there is a, a somewhat of a science to this um, people have taken astrology and of course added fortune telling to it uh, to make horoscopes but there are certain predictions that people can make by examining the heavens and examining the stars and so God has allowed man uh, to be able to make sense of events on earth related to uh, what's happening. And these wise men had heard that there was a king that was going to be born. It was very unique. And they looked for signs in the heavenlies to to declare that and proclaim it. Now there are some people who are familiar with astrology and can, can go back in time to see what they saw exactly as far as where stars were were located in relation to one another I didn't go into all that detail because I don't understand it but there was a real art or real science to that and this was a phenomenon among the wise men or the astrologers that all of them knew about this and all of them were anticipating it and they were all uh, trying to see exactly when this was going to happen and they were were um, going uh, also based on prophecies about the Messiah that had been handed down to them or that they could glean from the Jewish people so they didn't these were not these were not Hebrews they didn't have the the law and the prophets and the histories but they had knowledge and so they were looking for who this king was they were very prominent men because they were known to be what they call king makers which means they sought out events in the heavenlies to know exactly when certain uh fulfillment of of prophecy and legend were going to happen and so forth and so on so what their input was extremely important to the secular world that's all i'm saying and so you hear here you have shepherds who are hebrews and they are announced the messiah but then you have these secular people who get involved too and that's only right because jesus did not come just to the jewish people he came to the whole world because the whole world needs their sins forgiven so if God's going to be fair about announcing his son coming to the earth to affect the whole world he has to make sure the whole world knows about it so in Matthew is where we see the the message given to the wise men or magi it says after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod Magi or or wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked where is the one who has been born king of the Jews so of course Herod doesn't want to hear about another king in town so he sets out to take care of business and he says we saw his star when it rose so they are watching the heavenlies uh, for a certain type of star in a certain place in the heaven when king herod heard this he was disturbed and all jerusalem with him when he had called together all the yeah when the king's upset everybody knows it i mean uh, when he talks people listen when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law he asked them where the messiah was to be born in bethlehem in judea so there's a time for telling the truth and there's a time for saying we don't know 
we haven't studied <laughs> studied it that far they replied for this is what the prophet has written but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared so you can see they studied it very very carefully so they knew times and seasons he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the child as soon as you find him report to me so that I can go and worship him too after they had heard the king they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was now this was totally supernatural because we know in the heavenly stars keep moving they don't stop and it says when they saw the star they were overjoyed on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him then they opened their treasuries and now these people have more sense than a lot of the Israelites that we will see you got me regarding Jesus they brought gifts to worship him gold frankincense and myrrh and having been warned in a dream what do you mean uh, Madam Cleo can hear from God oh yeah anybody can hear from God huh? in fact fortune tellers will tell you when they've bumped into God they do it all the time they'll try and get information and when that door is closed they'll say oh that's God now I've heard them say it I remember uh, when I before I got saved I would would talk to astrologers because I was always curious about the supernatural and uh, um, I remember one of them saying oh yeah we respect God God's in charge of all of this so they know even though they don't work for him per se they know that there's a power above what they can can reach into many times i've heard christians say that uh, uh astrologers or or uh, uh psychics will refuse to deal with them because they sense the protection of god over certain people so i mean it's it's god can make anybody aware of who he is he can talk to people he can cause them to obey him he can cause them to do his will he does it all the time in the bible you'll see especially people in authority that's why god tells us to pray for our rulers man they are our ministers for good as long as we do good amen and so uh, and we can lead a peaceable life in, life in all godliness if we will pray for our rulers and leaders that god will speak to them and use them and so he spoke to them he warned them in a dream not to go back to hear it and they didn't so they had a little more sense about things than the Hebrew <laughs> priests did that were summoned to Herod to give him all this information about the Messiah. So anyway, uh, um, so here we see two instances of, of the announcement of goodwill, God's good intention toward men, his, his desire to befriend us again, to make us friends with him in a very unique and supernatural way. <clears throat> 
In Isaiah 9 verse 6, Jesus' birth was foretold to the Jews. It says, unto you is born a Savior. Unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. And so it talked about the, uh, what this this person would be like. His name would be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his kingdom and righteousness there would be no end. So he would be the king of kings and the lord of lords. He has an everlasting non-ending kingdom. And once he gets set on his throne, it will go on forever and ever and ever. And it's never been said about any other king on the earth that his throne would last forever. Amen. It's talking about Jesus the Messiah. It was foretold to King David. But we know that we're, he's talking about David's seed, which that that line was ended with the birth of Jesus Christ. He had no earthly children, so he had no heirs to leave his kingdom to, except us. We're supernatural children. Amen. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God and heirs with him as brothers and sisters in Christ. So Jesus saves and heals and makes whole. He takes care of the sin problem, which we said that's man's problem. He implies, imputes righteousness to us when we accept him as payment for our sins. So it's true that you have to turn away totally from sin. I think that's why we have so many people dropping out of of serving God, dropping out of the church, because they've never really turned away totally from sin. See, once you're done with it, once sin has run its course in your life, you can be done with it forever. I'm a witness. I've seen many witnesses who are done with sin forever. But there are people that, that feel like they can have a good time or they always want to compromise for some reason. Like, what are you gaining to go back to that life? The Bible says it's like a dog returning to its vomit. You, you re-ingest that which you've already uh, rejected. And so God wants us to live that carefree life with him so he takes care of the sin problem and imputes righteousness. So our sins not only are forgiven, but we have righteousness dwelling in us now. This is much more than the Jew ever had. His sin problem was taken care of once a year at the Feast of Atonement, but he didn't have righteousness, so he always had a bad conscience about How many of you know when your conscience is not purged or cleansed, you can lose faith in your righteousness and just go back to living as a sinner again? That's why I tell people, I said, if you've got Christ, you've got to know how to master letting the blood wash you until you are purged from sin and have a guilt-free conscience about yourself. Hmm? So you're not constantly having to make excuses for what you do or defend yourself or fight with people or tell them you didn't do this. Or you, didn't. you know, that's, that's over for the Christian. When you stand in Christ's righteousness, what did he do? When he was going to the cross, he didn't defend himself. He didn't tell those people, I didn't do anything. Huh? The Bible says he opened not his mouth. He was looking for the Father to vindicate him. Amen. So I I know the older I get, the less I have an inclination to try and strive with people. 
You know what I'm saying? And fight with everybody. I'm not. And if I do, it's probably over some issue that hinders their righteousness. It's not to defend my own because I know I can't do that. God helped me understand that many years ago. So and it doesn't matter what people say about me and, and how insulting they want to be sometimes. It does not matter. Amen. It does not matter. If they don't mean goodwill, I mean goodwill for them anyhow. You got me? So that's how we that's how we do it, folks. That's how we roll. So he imputes his righteousness to us, which is infallible. His righteousness will get you in every door, it gets you every blessing. It'll get you everything. Why? Because there's no law against it. There's nothing anybody can can accuse you of once you stand in Christ's righteousness. A true Savior saves to the uttermost. Amen. And that's Jesus. He will save. He saves all who come to him. There's nothing you do after you've come to the Lord that he cannot save you from. Saves you to the uttermost. Amen. All sinners need to know that. You know, that's the message to the homosexual. That's the message to the drug dealer and the addict and the fornicator, the person with AIDS, the white-collar criminals, all of them. Amen? Uh, Even, what's his name, Kwame. He needs to know <laughs> all of them. They always try to get out of get out of trouble. You know, you know. It was my prayer that he would really humble himself and find God and quit running into the churches trying to get ammunition. You know, you run to the church and try to get people to think well of you because you're in the church. Run to Jesus. And get washed <laughs> and clean for real, you know. So he still needs a, a good blood bath, probably. All sinners suffer for sin in their souls, man. This is where nobody sees it but God. But God sees it, and He sends His Son, and He is willing to do us good, regardless. It doesn't matter what you've done; you ain't too bad for Him, huh? We all think it's hopeless. And you know the devil makes you think that. Uh, Anybody who tells you there's no hope. It's got to be working for the devil. Amen. The will of man without God though is evil. Without God we don't have a prayer. Amen. And men always perpetrate bad will on each other. Anybody who comes to you not in peace. is, Is willing bad things for you. You can't get good out of something bad and so there are times when God will separate us from people because they mean us no good hello you have to understand that you're you're consecrated you're sanctified you're set apart for God and for God's use you're not to be used by people and abused by people you know, now there are some times when we, we want to, you know, fellowship with people, but it's limited. You can't, you can't, you know, like be with them all the time. I tell people this all the time. It's like, um, you know, uh, in during holidays, we have family over, everybody, saint and sinner. We all get together around 
a certain you know uh, situation or celebration or something but it's not like we calling each other every day because you run out of conversation your conversation with the sinners in your household or your family will probably just run as long as Christmas dinner and and Thanksgiving dinner and 4th of July is is shaky because everybody wants to have a beer cooler around, you know. And so I, I tell myself, honey, you just going to have to sweat if you come over here because y'all don't serve no alcohol to nobody. No exceptions. Got me? This is a, this is a spirit-free house except for the Holy Spirit. And I'm not around them in there. If they're serving liquor, I don't show up. I just don't go. Huh? I don't go. Because you'll never, you'll never get me in this situation where my witness is shot because I don't know how to say no. You know, you want to drink beer, you put that away. If you want me to come, if you want me to come, we're not going to have no spirits over there. But because the first thing they want to do is get nasty and pull you over into the flesh. Yeah, I've seen this before, so I don't even let that devil get loose nowhere around me. Amen. Uh, when I was when I got saved, I was totally done with that. Uh, you don't have to tell them to put it away; just let them know. Uh, you, you know, I don't come when you serve liquor. If they pull it out, you're there. You say, you know what? I don't drink any, and just don't show up next time they invite you. That's what you do. So God's will without uh, God without man's will is fixed on selfishness. His will is bad will. Men wish bad on each other all the time. So don't be shocked when the devil gets up in your face and gets angry at you because you serve God. Got me? You give all your money and you going over to church. You don't have to go to church. It's Christmas. You can come over here and go to hell with us. You say, no thanks. <laughs> I was on my way to heaven before I met you. I was on my way to heaven before I got here. You got me? God God knew. Amen. That you come to your senses and receive him. So you can't derail me. That little stuff you working over there. Uh -uh. (laughs) I was saved before the foundation of the earth. I just had to be made aware of it and say yes to it. Amen. So Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us and give us relief. Amen. He takes all the burden away. Takes all the fear away. He's our helper. Our our strengthener. The one who is there coaching us the whole time. I always like to think about. uh, Because I I don't do this in the natural. I can imagine it in the spirit. (laughs) Running a marathon. (laughs) All these people doing all this. Preparing to run a marathon. They feel so good. They run a Well I'm running one too. Except mine is more important than yours. Uh, you get out there and sweat and stretch your little your little muscles out and all that, and I watch you and just cheer you on. But mine is a spiritual race. <laughs> but he lifts up us up with the right hand of his righteousness. When he pulls us up, he's pulling us up into right standing with him. He's pulling us up into our right mind, right thinking, right acting, right behaving, right desires. Everything gets right with us when we have God. And that's true peace. 
That's what he means. It means that you're not broken in any way. You don't need fixing anymore. You're fixed. He pulls you up fixed. All you got to do is believe it and start walking in it. When you stumble for not believing it, he picks you up again. So he saves to the other most. So he expects us to do everything through his power. There's nothing he wants you to do on your own strength. Sometimes God will shut doors to you if he sees you too gung-ho on getting it done by yourself. Amen. He gives us power in all things so that nothing is impossible. You keep doing things in your own strength, you're going to run into a problem. That means, and that is, you can't, you don't have ability to do it. Best thing to do is develop your faith in God's strength so that you will be very well equipped for everything He wants done. He gives us promises to give us hope, and that is an anchor for our souls. Instead of being tossed to and fro, we are now anchored in His love. Mm hmm. So we're drawn back when we stray. We're corrected and continue to draw near. This is his goodwill toward us. He wants us close to him for our benefit. His blood continues to call us back to him. Do you know blood has a voice? The blood of Jesus speaks. Come back. Come here. Uh, repent. Get it right. There's hope for you. Don't quit. Be encouraged. Amen. It calls us back to him in his holiness without which we can't see him and we can't know which way to go, what to do. So he develops a permanent relationship with us through him, through salvation, through the forgiveness of sins. It's simple as that. We are reconciled to him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 talks about that. I'll read it. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. It says, Therefore come out and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. Amen. I will receive you. I'm sorry, that's 617. We want 517, right? Yeah, it's it's all good, right? (laughs) <laughs> that goes for them relatives you want to think you want to got to be around too much just leave them alone let God work with them until they get straight uh-huh. and I enjoy sharing with, around the holidays with my relatives but I have nothing in common with them if they're not saved and even some of the saved ones you know you don't have a lot in common with you know, they want to be saved and, and go to church part-time. I got to be there every time the doors are open. You understand what I'm saying? So we, we have very little in common there. But they know where to come when they need help. See, They talk about you bad. You got to go to church again? Your church, you go out of town. I couldn't be going. I said, that's why you're not called to do what I do. As God knew that, that's why he didn't tell you to do it. You're welcome to come, but I know it stresses you out to give God more than two hours, you know. (laughs) Oh, we want revival. You couldn't stand it. You can't stand two hours now. Go on back to the Catholic Church where you know you just be there for an hour and, you know, go home. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The new creation has come. Man. So this lets you know the new creation comes into you. It doesn't happen that all of a sudden you're, you're something uh, new. You know, it, it takes the ignorance out of it because there are religions who will perpetrate and believe that uh, everybody has God in them. You got me? Well, we are made in his image, but that don't make you born again. You got me? There is, see, everybody wants to twist and pervert the truth about you have to have a distinct renunciation of the world and an acceptance of Jesus Christ as God. Not some God essence or God uh, you know something I, I was reading a post by somebody on Facebook then this person's a minister um, it, in you know they they um, uh, I've watched them over a period of time drifting you watch people when they start to drift because if if they don't stop themselves and they don't catch themselves and they don't come full back into God they'll just keep drifting so now he he closes his posts uh, with this uh, a Buddhist term namaste you've seen people say that stuff. and that's a term where you're ignorant of who God is because those people are ignorant of who God is they don't know Jesus and here's somebody who's preached for God claims to be born again they're picking that up now and see he's one of those people intellectual people always getting a higher degree always going to to school getting more papers you know quit teaching you know preaching in his church now he has a little bible study I guess to collect an offering here and there God knows your heart too. Okay. But but that's a, a term that uh really what it, it means is I bow to the God in you. Like everybody's got God in them. I see here's somebody who knows Jesus. Now he thinks that puts him on a higher plane than the rest of you ignorant Christians out here. So I said, well, God, I would, I would make a comment, but I didn't pray about it first because I got something to let this brother know. So I said, let me put him on my little backsliders list, which I had probably had him to a degree. But he's really, you know, gotten stupid now because he, he lives out of the world of his intellect, feeling that what God has for him is inferior to what he's learning, you know. Now you can use some things they teach you in school but it's getting slimmer and slimmer that you can use anything because anybody who knows what they teach in school now will let you know it's, it's almost all 100% indoctrination where they are teaching you a mindset and a, a, a group of belief, a belief system which is liberalism and new age and so that's tolerated but Christianity is frowned upon and fought and ridiculed made fun of and outlawed 
and most of these classrooms and campuses. And so we we have to understand you're whenever you leave God you're never going to something superior. I don't care where you think you go. I don't care how much money it's going to put in your pocket. You are never leaving anything superior when you leave God. There have been people that have had family fortunes that they renounced to follow Christ. Why would you have Christ and then go out and try to find something inferior? So I want to put a bug in this brother's ear so bad. So bad. I've already had to, you know, speak to him about a couple things. I said, well, Lord, just help me with this one. First, he left his church going to be an apostle. I said, apostles don't leave churches. I said, that's like you making babies out here and not taking care of them. It is. It's the same thing. You know, an apostle is not a stud. You know, this is just crazy. What did Paul say? He said, I, he said, I want to come back to you. All those letters, he had visited those churches over and over. He left responsible other apostles and prophets and teachers in these places where he had preached and got six, six and, and those thousand people saved. Because his gift was to go into dark areas and break open. You're, you're not an apostle if you go and teach in somebody else's church. You're hireling. And that's what he was doing. I told him. I said what you're doing is not. not you don't have the signs of an apostle. So he never argued with me. They knew better. If I spoke to him it was because it was necessary. But from that then he started going back to school. Okay I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go back to school and be an intellectual. So God's going to derail that too. In Jesus name. Because his soul will be lost if he doesn't cut this out. He's putting Buddha on God's people. And God's not going to put up with it. I mean God doesn't lose people to their so-called friends and intellectual uppers. I didn't care what you think you know. You don't know, that, you don't know enough to uh, die for somebody's sins. You didn't die for your own. So you know it's not going to work with God. So John 14.14 14 talks about true reconciliation. Man, John fourteen fourteen. This is goodwill. This is what God means when He talks about goodwill toward all men. It says, "Then I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son." You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So this is the full blessing of God coming through Jesus Christ. This is what it means to have goodwill. He'll do anything. You don't know one human. I don't care how much they love you and how much they mean you well. Nobody will tell you ask me anything and I'll do it for you. You got me? Only God will do this for us. Old things are passed away. Everything's new. You don't have a history, a past, a rap sheet. No priors. No arrest record. Your 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 record's already been expunged. Amen. It, everything's the, the blood eraser has erased all of your sin. And the only thing that stands now is righteousness. And that's the righteousness of, of Christ. So it's not about you doing everything right now to get God to bless you. 
It's about you being right with him. Amen. So I'm right with God. Amen. All debts are canceled forever. Never to be brought up again. And once God forgives you of something, he doesn't bring it up over and over again. The devil will do that. You ever be around people and they want to talk about old times? I just leave them talking right there. And I go, because see, I know the devil when I smell him. You know. First thing they want to do is talk about what you used to do. Wrong. Laugh at you and you remember when you did so and so and ha 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 ha. I say, yeah, you know what, too? And I remember when the blood of Jesus cleansed me from that and my sins are forgiven. See ya. <laughs> you gotta watch the devil. You gotta watch him. Because he likes you to live in the past and feel bad about the past. I said, you know what? Yeah, you know, I kind of remember that. But let me tell you what I've been doing recently. Let me bring you up to speed. The only requirement for Jesus giving us anything is faith. His question to us is, can you believe? Your answer is, yes, I can. Because of you, I can believe, Lord. If you can believe, you will see the glory of God. We're only limited by our faith, folks. And his faith working through us is unlimited. Amen? So it's unlimited in Christ. And that's God's good will. He means us good all the time. Where we would be and how far we would go if we allowed our faith to be developed to its full potential. Amen? That's, that's what God wants to do. He doesn't want us to go into intellectual pursuits. He wants us to go into faith pursuits. Amen. <clears throat> we know we would there would be no bounds to our access to God's goodness. And this is his good will. You know, there, there, it's unlimited how good he will show that he can be to us. That part's unlimited. So God means us only good in an unlimited fashion. In a limitless fashion. Jesus also left us with this ministry of reconciliation, which means that we must forgive. We it's not you're not being the bigger person. You're just doing what's required. So let's get this out of the you know, people say to you, oh, I'll just be the bigger person. No, you're just doing what's required. You know what you commanded to do. I don't know what they're commanded to do, but I know what I'm commanded to do. So just do your requirement. Don't try to make yourself special. That's the least we can do is forgive people. Uh, That's just basic Christianity. You need to want to forgive people just so you don't have sin hanging on your soul. You know you feel better when you forgive. You feel better. Amen. And and because there's a, a peace that comes with that. That passes all understanding. And it puts you in favor with God. Like there's nothing standing between you and God anymore. When your sins are forgiven and you know it because you have forgiven others. There's nothing. You don't have to go around making excuses for yourself. You don't have to go around explaining yourself a hundred times. All that nonsense. Yada yada. You don't have to go through any of those. Jump through any of those hoops. Just let your yes be yes. Your no be no. But forgive. Do what God tells you to do. God allows us to invite others into this reconciliation with him. So that's how you invite people 
to God is at the foot of the cross through confessing their sins. We actually hold keys to God's kingdom that has access for other people to experience his goodwill. Amen. So your keys open the door of good to people. And you need to let them know that. You know, many times we'll ask people, do you want prayer for something? I know there was somebody that was telling me, they said, you know what, I, 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 I fall short of asking people if I can pray for them. I said, well, you're not going to do that anymore. In Jesus' name. Cut that out. You know, get the business from people. Because that person is accustomed to just interceding for people to get well. And the Bible says that they will lay hands on the sick. Amen. Just make sure you just lay hands. Don't get crazy. You know what I'm saying? Make a big projection and performance out of it. You know, many times I'll just, you know, ask people. I say, you mind if I pray for you? And I'll lay my hand on you. You know, just in a friendly gesture kind of thing to show them, you know, that, that it's okay. You know, you just don't get Leave the drama at home, you know. It's, you know where we go through our in our mind, imagine ourselves. Don't Let's pray English. God is with you. Okay, He's with you. Now I prayed in tongues with people, but I was I was ministering the baptism of the Holy Spirit with them to them. You understand what I'm saying? You're already edified. If God brings somebody to you sick, you're equipped. You got me. Just go ahead and pray the prayer, and don't rub them for ten minutes, and don't try to massage them. Just uh, you know, just a touch will do it. Amen. So loved ones will be able to enjoy eternal life, amen, because of, of us. Because we have goodness inside of us. We we have the goodwill of God, amen. So you have uh, the ability to give them access to the fruits of God's kingdom, amen. And that's very important. And always understand that, you know, I always let my family know I'm praying for them or I will pray for them. And they know that's a fact, you know, if they need something, they know they, that we don't fellowship with each other all the time because we don't see eye to eye your doctrine. You can keep yours, I'll keep mine. But if you got a need, we come together in God, and, you know, you can go over there and do your little shenanigans with your group and I'll do mine with mine. But when it comes to, amen, knowing God and getting the, the work of God done, they know we can come into agreement and come together on it. It wasn't always that way. Got me? It wasn't always that way. I can remember when my uh, older sister was, oh, I prayed for them already. I was saying, that's the problem, witchy poo. I mean, you want to say that. She's, oh, witch, quit praying for people, you know whatever but you know what i'm saying and people just don't have a right heart and they just don't want you involved in their business this is nonsense it's nonsense so over the years god has given given us reconciliation there and in mutual respect and all of that kind of good stuff so you know it's different now it's very different now
the mandate to go into all the world which means others he wants others to have free access to his goodwill that's on us as well we are to take God's message wherever we go you're not there to talk about you you're there to represent him man just freely give what you've been freely given what you can't give what you don't have you know and that's the other thing don't don't try to get over your head in in responsibility for people but give what you've been freely given you know whatever god has given you and you should know what he's given you amen you got prayers you got knowledge of the word you got knowledge how to pray the sinner's prayer with somebody you got knowledge how to pray the word of healing over them you got knowledge for a lot of things there's a lot of stuff you can give people so we are to bring God's goodwill to all men and become his messengers then amen we are his messengers just as the angels who told the shepherds the good news we carry the message now God uses angels to some degree but angels pretty much do not preach the gospel that's for the the church to do God has imparted his power to the church to do just those things so for your holiday enjoyment (laughs) remember that you are an ambassador of goodwill and good things to people amen you're not here to talk about yourself or you know bring evil or get even with people or anything like that (laughs) but you're here to bring goodwill and allow others to be blessed as a result amen father we thank you for allowing us the understanding of who we are why Christmas came and it came to us and what we're to do with all that you've given us so we do thank you and honor you today Lord we bless you and we praise you we lift you up Jesus we thank you thank you Lord for all that you do for us in Jesus name amen praise God amen if anybody needs prayer come on up